Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. Hey everyone, it's Kelsey and Jeff, and we are here to tell you a bit about our partner Anchor. We know that you're a fan of this podcast and maybe you thought, hey, I want to make a podcast too. Well, we have great news for you guys. We want to tell you all about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast for a few reasons, but to start out, it's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Plus, you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Do it, you guys, and enjoy the show. I'm on a journey to get better, and I want to do it with you. And I'm not just focusing on physical health. I'm focusing on everything, emotional wellness, spirituality, finances, relationships, and so much more. Every week, it will be my personal goal to bring us, the world's leading healers, experts, and game changers, to share groundbreaking secrets and tips to getting better in all areas of life. Getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when we can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Manu. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. Because when you know better, you get better. It is Tuesday, May 19th, 2020. Wait, did I just say it's May 19th? Yeah. That's a factual statement right now. Holy moly. We're like, what, three weeks away from our birthdays? Yeah. How many days are in May? 31 or 30? 31, probably. 31. <laughs> We've been on this planet so long, we don't know. Uh, I don't know. I uh, 20 know. days. 20 days. We're 20 days away yeah. from turning 30. I'm so excited to turn 30. I'm excited for you to turn 30. I'm turning 18. 18. That's a yeah. big year, too. It is a big year. I'm really excited <laughs> for these things called alcohols. Alcohols, yes. Oh, well, you're going to have a lot of fun, my friend. So uh, for those of you who don't know, Stephen and I share a birthday, June 8th, along with Kanye West and Joan Rivers. Rest in peace, Joan. Um, And uh, yeah, definitely a surreal birthday this year. There's a lot of people on June 8th. Nine months before June 8th, people were getting freaky because like, we have like four hosts with the same birthday. No way. Yeah. I, oh, that's so cool. I can't remember the whole list right now, but I know Sahai Wilson, I, whenever she sees me, she's like, hey, what up, birthday twin? Like, 
we're, we're all about well, it. You know, in the business, I've I've bumped into so many people that share um, a good friend of mine named Jeffrey and um, my hairdresser back in my days at ET, Jovan. Um, I always had a few people around me that had the same birthday, which, you know, is, is like kind of like random. There's so many days in a year and, you know. Um, What's the fall on to this year? I'm trying to find out right now. Uh, let's say it's going to be a Friday. I don't know. Okay. Well, if we have a show, we have to have a fun show. Well, take a look. Um, I'll get to our quote of the day in the meantime. When dealing with people, remember you are not dealing with creatures of logic, but with creatures of emotion. Dale Carnegie. Ooh, perfect quote, especially for today. We have Dr. Bradley Nelson on who, uh, is very exciting for me because I very much believe in what he's written about. He wrote a book called The Emotion Code. And um, he talks about how traumas and kind of trapped emotions manifest themselves into physical illness. And uh, I definitely believe that. And he can teach you with his book and his teachings how to release yourself of it. Um, I think this is super, super important for all of us because sometimes you don't even know what could be guiding your anxiety or underneath, um, you know, whatever it is. Um, there were so many examples in his book of people who were like coming in with like heart palpitations and then they realized, you know, it was back, you know, because of their divorce or whatever. There are so many different levels to it and, uh, I'm super excited to dive into it. Is this like what's on... cool about? Oh, oh. sorry, Stephen. Is this I was like say what's uh, cool about Dr. Nelson is that he has very practical strategies to release these as well. So you know, some energy healers, their whole thing is like you have to come see me, you have to pay all this money, and he does have practitioners, but he's going to work with us today to show us how we can be doing it ourselves, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Is it is it energy healing or is because this sounds like more psychiatry in the way you're explaining it? Well, I think it's all connected, right? And so I think he's blending a little of that, a little of kinesiology, chiropractic. Like we've had John Amaral on, Dr. John Amaral, who's amazing, and he does a lot of energy work as well. And so um, I just think that it's uh, it really is the future, and it's something to really look into and embrace because um, you know we're not getting to the root cause of things, and sometimes. Um, you know, you have to look at, uh, the why, right? You go to a doctor, they're treating the what we need to look at the why, why did we get brain tumors? What, what was it, you know, that, that led us there? Um, and I think, uh, I think it's an interesting journey to, to look into and to discover the, the why of it. And then you can try to fix and, and shift and, um, and make adjustments. So it's going to be a really cool conversation. Does, I am excited. Does, does his practice work on like the micro as well as the macro or is it like in terms of what's micro to you? So micro to me is like, okay, Depression you have, you have or... a, no, like you have a week, you can't sleep because of anxiety and you can't figure it out. And then the macro is yeah. you have anxiety because of long lasting traumas or something like that. I'm sure. I'm sure. I haven't, I don't know if I'm a hundred percent able to answer that, but Got it. guess what? He'll be able to. Oh yeah, that's right. He's hey. on the show today. So we will get to that. Okay. What day does June 8th fall on? On a Monday. Oh, Monday, Monday. Meanwhile, uh, I want to say hi to Ben in the chat and Darcel. 
um, wait, Monday? That's what it says. I pulled it up. It says that so, okay. the 6th is a is a Saturday. So Okay. So maybe we do something fun on the weekend. Maybe. So I was telling Kevin I wanted to do a social distance movie night on the court and project on the wall. So maybe maybe we can do like a team night for our staff, our After Buzz staff and Better Together staff and since it's the two of us and we might have to do it on a Saturday though. We have a lot of shows on. Yeah, Monday. we'll do it on Saturday. Yeah. And we can celebrate. And then on Tuesday we can have Hangover Taco Tuesday. It's just gonna be perfect. Hangover Taco Tuesday, yeah. Okay, so we'll keep the celebration going from Saturday. <laughs> so sinner, we have we have we have movie night Saturday, sinner Sunday. We just gotta do some really messed up stuff. I don't know if I wanna be with you every day. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, we'll, we'll enjoy Saturday. Uh, I'm going to do my deal on Sunday. <laughs> we'll regroup on Monday here on the show. Practice Stephen distancing. <laughs> Stephen distancing on Sunday. Um, so funny. Well, uh, I am so grateful for all of you guys joining us here as we are still uh, broadcasting every day. Um, we started this in the middle of, or in the beginning of the crisis to be with everybody together and um, when you're on the go 24 seven, like me guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me from working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials. It's been my go-to for so many years and having everything in one place is such a time saver for me with being a first time mom. For a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus, having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully, our jobs and everything in between. But it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. And bring you important conversations, important um, people that can help us through this time. And so we decided to go live every day and we're grateful for you guys joining us, whether it's live or on Apple podcasts or wherever you are finding us. Um, we ask if you like the show or love the show, share it with a friend, um, share it on social media, help us bring more people in so that, uh, they can get better too, right along with us. And if you haven't joined our Patreon, please do. You can just click the link in the summary and join us. We're having really great conversations over there. Um, and uh, we're really proud of what we're doing in there. Um, lots going on today. Um, the only thing that I I really want to um, get into is, aside from our birthdays, is the... Uh, the idea that China just went back into lockdown. Yeah. And, uh, a little unnerving for me right now because not that we didn't expect things to, you know, backfire a little bit once everything opened up, but to hear that 108 million people in China are back on lockdown, that's a little crazy. A little bit crazy, right? And I won't get into conspiracy theories, but yeah, yeah. it's it's crazy. <laughs> we have think, enough people doing that. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy to think that like... You know, they were very, very confident in releasing everyone at once out of Wuhan. 
and kind of undergoing lockdown. It was about a month ago now, I think, right? Mm -hmm. And all their tourist destinations were packed, thousands and thousands of people. So if that was a month ago, maybe this is about two, three weeks after the fact. That kind of makes sense for the timeline. Yeah. Jeff? I just think think we need a vaccine. And from what I'm reading, we're really escalating the process. I, I heard Moderna... Uh, especially which is a major pharma company has really, really positive results on their testing and they're going into phase two, but it just seems like until then, what can we do? I know, but here's the thing, guys. What if there is no vaccine? There's no real vaccine for HIV, which is a virus. I mean, there's so many things that we haven't been able to cure. It's, yeah, it is such an emotional roller coaster to think about, um, you know, where we are, where we're going to be. Um, I mean, it is pretty crazy. And, and, and the more that information comes out, the worse it looks in terms of how it was handled in the beginning. Yeah. Like, we're finding out now that governors were putting patients with coronavirus to, like, quarantining them in old folks' homes. Wow. And you're like, okay, so the most vulnerable people you're going to quarantine people with this disease in those homes. I didn't so, hear that. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy when you like dive deep into like where are these, where are these bursts coming from? And a lot of them came from old folks' home through just straight-up negligence. Yeah. And it's, it's really sad to see that when our country's put through a stress test, the amount of negligence within our governing body, whether it's on the state, city, or, or federal level. Well, yeah, and uh, I don't know. I, I just don't know. I, I've been meditating on being okay with not knowing and like, and, you know, after our conversation yesterday with Katarina, just being okay with uncertainty and the not knowing, right? Like, as we've talked about, I'm a problem solver, so I'm always wanting to like dig in and figure it out. This isn't figure outable. <laughs> Everything is figure outable, no, Maria. Not, not the coronavirus. I don't think this is figure outable. I think we have to individually figure out how we can maintain sanity and um and uh calmness through this storm but luckily we are all in this together so we all are feeling the same things to a degree and to varying degrees obviously right like there's the the camp of us that still you know have some work there's the camp that doesn't there like there's enough people around each group to not feel alone is basically mm-hmm my point. Um, but, you know, I, I was thinking about, you know, the, the entertainment industry, that's our, that's our bread and butter. And it's like, how is this going to go on? I mean, they're saying they're going to start taking productions overseas. Um, what happens to LA if Hollywood leaves LA? (laughs) I mean, Hollywood's been leaving LA for a little bit. You see, you see lots of like incentives in Atlanta and all these different places. But now, just as Kevin had told you and told all of us, this has just accelerated everything. Yeah. And right now, when you look at Los Angeles and how we are tightening up as opposed to loosening up, and you have all these other cities and states that are loosening up, a lot of production is going to start going to these other places. And those other places know it. Yeah. 
I, um... Well, Atlanta, Tyler Perry, you know, has his huge studio. After Buzz TV did cover that opening, and we did an interview Oprah Winfrey on that red carpet, so make mm-hmm. sure you go check that out. But um, two of their shows, Sisters in the Oval, which are sort of the bread and butter of BET right now, they're going back into production in two weeks. They're locking no way. The in- yeah, they're locking the whole entire cast on the lot for two weeks because the lot is like a hotel. It's huge. It's its own city. And then they're, it's all on sound stages, so they're going to do it. It's a single camp show. It's the first scripted show going back into production. Wow, I didn't know that. So that's interesting. So you lock everybody down. They can't go out. They can't see other people. So now when you're in production, you are really diehard. <laughs> yeah. You are really 1 billion percent committed to the project because you can't go home and see your family. Yeah, they're going to try to shoot like 20 episodes in like a month. It's crazy. But it's on sound stages. So if you block shoot and you really just focus, I mean, in some ways as an actor, that's actually a great way to work. Just go knock knock it it out out. and then your season is done. Your contract's fulfilled. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be lots of people on set getting kicked off that set, though. Because you can't quarantine with people and and hide your your, uh, your terribleness. What do you mean? I mean, just like your you bad ever, habits. Yeah. Like, you know how, uh, you know, people can go home, they can, they can come back to work and only work six hours a day or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And they can hide the fact that they're kind of a miserable person to be around. Sets are not going to be putting up with that ever again. Like, you know, you had 50 people on set for one shoot. That's yeah. not going to happen again. You're yeah. going to have the best production teams ever after this. Wow. I didn't realize they were going back into production. And here's the thing. That is a smart way to be able to keep it going. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I do think that L.A. will always have a piece of Hollywood because of the weather. That's why everybody came here. You know, you come here because it's easy to shoot. So if you're going to knock stuff out, you're going to knock stuff out here. And that's what they probably will do is, you know, the Warner Brothers lot or whatever. They'll they'll create housing and people will come in and they'll film and they'll knock it out and go home. Yeah. Damn. I'm optimistic. Yeah. I have to, I I grab my crystals every day and I'm like, okay, all will be well. You know, everything is going to, to evolve and shift and we're just going to evolve and shift with it. And, um, I just keep trying and, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely, it is the, an emotional roller coaster, but that gives me a lot of hope. Yeah, because yesterday I started thinking about real estate in L.A. I'm like, is it just going to all tank? Is everything, you know, you just think about, at least for me, I'm like, wow, like I did everything right, right? Like I worked hard, I saved my money, I invested, whatever. And it's just like, bah, everything just explodes. Like, oh, cool. My godfather, I was thinking about it, always gave me so much advice, like buy real estate, buy real estate, real estate is real and blah, blah, blah. And now I'm thinking, oh gosh, like real estate. And he used to, really pushed me for commercial real estate. And, you know, we have our building for AfterBuzz, but luckily that building is small enough where it will always have a purpose because people will still need a place to produce and do things, um, you know, have these big buildings. I mean, they'll probably turn them into apartments, like Kevin said, but it is, it's just so strange to be in that place where you just don't know what's going to happen. Well, Hollywood's a place of excess. And, we are not a after buzz better together. Our, our close circle is not a place of access. Yeah. So you look at like these buildings that are just full of offices that are empty or these gigantic floors where everyone's got 200 square feet for their desk. And you're like, 
That's not sustainable. Yeah. We have one building in North Hollywood that is packed to the brim with studios, production. Every bit of space is used correctly and has an efficiency to it. And mm. that's going to be the future of how things operate because you can't afford anything else. Yeah. It is bizarre. Um, I just think uh, I think we have a long way to go, guys. Yeah. yeah. I think we have a long way to go. So wherever you are, we need coping skills. We need um, meditation in our lives. We need to love ourselves and, and take that moment that we need. Like yesterday, I was so cooked, like so cooked. Um, and I just wasn't feeling well. And I just, I sat down next to my mom. I shut my eyes. I answered a couple of her questions because she just always has to ask a million questions. Maria, what about this? Maria, what about that, mom? And then finally I answered her questions. I go, mom, can I just have a few minutes, please? I just want to sit next to you and just in silence and just rest. And so um, we did that and I felt rejuvenated after. Like normally I would like reach for another coffee or whatever. I was like, I just need to like shut it down. And so Judy really has impacted me, our guest last week. What would someone do if they love themselves? And I'm starting to really build that muscle and starting to remind myself of different things because I feel like, especially in quarantine, um, you start to kind of lose everything a little bit. Like everything gets a little shakier. So I'm trying to really keep that in, in kind of the forefront of my mind. Anyhow, let's move on to our chat with Dr. Bradley Nelson. As I said, he is the developer of an advanced form of energy medicine um, based on his best-selling book, The Emotion Code. Tony Robbins, who wrote the foreword to that book, says, it's my hope that millions more will be led to use this simple tool to heal themselves and their loved ones. Dr. Nelson is a holistic chiropractor, medical intuitive, and one of the world's foremost experts in the emerging fields of bioenergetic medicine and energy psychology. Dr. Nelson, thank you so much for being with us today. Well, it's great to be here, Maria. Thank you. So um, I've always um, believed that there's an emotional component to illness. And I've been helping families for the last two and a half years or almost three years, geez, since my brain surgery, um, go through their brain tumors um, and their medical journeys and even just cancers. And when I go through it, I have like my program. It's like, all right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me. I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of wonderful pistachios. You're going to love them. 
like, okay, let's deal with the diagnosis. What are we going to do on the Western side? Here are the things we're going to do on the Eastern side, the diets, the nutrition, the supplements. And then I go to the last thing and it's like, okay, what's the emotional component here that we're not dealing with? And everyone literally goes, how did you know? And I said, I'm like, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying anything that I just don't believe. I feel like there's always an emotional component, something that you've been, you know, not releasing that you've just been hanging on to anger, stress, um, PTSD, trauma, whatever it is. And I think it's kind of that, like, you have to unlock all these boxes or you have to, yeah, unlock all these boxes and to heal. And if you don't unlock that last one, you're not going to get there all the way. Yeah, absolutely right. Um, boy, and how, how much we have missed that piece, right, in, in Western medicine for so many years and continue to miss it by and large, uh, at least as far as organized medicine goes. I mean, we're all focused on finding a vaccine or finding some kind of a drug, you know, to fix this thing. But the reality of it is, most of the time, most of us uh, just need to get our emotional baggage removed. And that's what I found when I was in practice for all those years is that uh, I had people coming to see me with all kinds of problems, uh, people of all ages, with all kinds of conditions. And just like you said, what I found was their emotional baggage was a piece of the puzzle in every single case. And uh, sometimes it was the biggest piece of the puzzle. And sometimes it was the only piece of the puzzle, Um, but it was always there to a lesser degree or a greater degree. And so now we have the emotion code, which just makes it simple for people to find their own emotional baggage and get rid of it. Yeah. So how did you kind of craft the emotion code and, um, and, and yeah, and figure this out? How did you crack this code? Well, (laughs) um, during the years that I was in practice, uh, I practiced for about 20 years in one form or another. And, uh, and do you I mean in chiropractic work or? I went to school as a chiropractor. I uh, went to Life Chiropractic College West in San Lorenzo up in the Bay Area. And uh, when I got into practice, I was, uh, uh, I think like most, I think like most doctors, I was kind of obsessed with helping my patients to get better. I figured that was my job. That's what they were coming to me for. And so I felt I needed to be really uh, radically open to anything that might help them, right? And uh, I'm a Christian. It was an answer to prayer that got me into the healing arts, uh, a real powerful answer to prayer. And so I developed this habit uh, when I was working with patients. When a patient would come in, I would just take a moment uh, to try to connect and ask for help from that higher power. You know, and we all believe different things. But there were times when... um, the information that I needed would just suddenly flood in, uh, into me like an avalanche of, of data and understanding. It didn't happen very often over all those years, but um, there was information that came that way through intuition and inspiration. And then I was learning everything that I could from every place that I could. And the understanding of emotions and uh, how our bodies produce emotions and how our emotions affect us is really an ancient understanding and an ancient idea that goes back thousands of years, really, to uh, ancient Chinese uh, and uh, Asian medicines. And so, um, so yeah, I was able to just gradually, bit by bit, um, having all of these people to work with. I had a busy practice, uh, and as a solo practitioner, it was just me. So I had lots of people coming in. And during the last 10 years that I was in practice, most of the people that I saw had been told there was really no help for them at all. They were cast-offs, really, from the Western medical system. And uh, yet they were almost all able to get well. 
But the emotional piece of the puzzle was absolutely critical, just like you said, for every single one of them. So let's talk about emotions and energy, right? Because there, you say that it's all made up of energy. And, and I know there's like a quantum physics end to this and, and the whole thing. So if you can explain it a little bit more. Well, sure. To understand how this works, uh, you have to understand that uh, what the quantum physicists have been telling us for 100 years or so is actually true, that these bodies of ours are made of energy. And so if you look at your hand, your hand looks pretty solid. But if you magnify it with a big enough microscope, eventually you're looking at the cells, then you're looking at the molecules as you keep going. And as you keep going, eventually you're face to face with a single individual atom. And if you look at the atom and and you look what's inside there, there's really nothing in there. It's just empty space and some little infinitesimally tiny energies that are zipping around at the speed of light. And that's actually what we are. So each one of us is a collection of an almost infinite number of these subatomic energies that are all zipping around at the speed of light. We're mostly empty space. And uh, somehow these bodies of ours are being held together, uh, allowing us to live and have these experiences that we're having in this world. So it's, it's all very cosmic, but, uh, uh, but it's true. Some quantum physicists recently figured out that if you could take all the empty space out of everyone's body uh, on Earth, you could fit all 7.8 billion of us into a little box the size of a sugar cube. What? Well, it would be crowded, yes. <laughs> you know, but it could be done. So it's interesting, right? Because our bodies are energy. Yeah. And so what happens is when we're feeling an emotion, what we're feeling is a certain frequency of energy or vibration because everything is energy, including emotions and thoughts. So if you're feeling an emotion, let's say, of resentment, and it's really strong, really powerful, if it's powerful enough, or if you, if you, decide you don't want to go there and you just stop that, then that becomes part of your emotional baggage. We call these trapped emotions. And a trapped emotion is a little ball of energy from about the size of a baseball to about the size of a softball. And uh, what these things do is they affect us, I have found, in two ways. They affect us physically because what, what's going on when you have a trapped emotion is that it is exerting this continuous uh, uh, distorting effect on your energy field. Now, because that's all you really are is an energy field, when you're distorting part of that energy field, you are interfering on some level with the uh, flow of energy through that area in the meridians. You're interfering with the blood flow, lymph flow, maybe to some degree, the chemical reactions, like I said, all kinds of things. So when you remove that trapped emotion, all of a sudden, things can feel better. And it happens all the time. Uh, 90%, I believe, and have seen uh, of all the physical discomfort that people have is actually due to their emotional baggage. And see, more and more people are finding this out all over the world. And that's what's really creating this, this phenomenon of the emotion code. You know, we have 6,000 practitioners in 80 countries now, and uh, we're all finding the same thing that when we remove people's emotional baggage, suddenly, you know, their hip discomfort or their neck discomfort or their migraines, all kinds of things suddenly improve. But then these emotions uh, affect us in another way, too. They make it easier for us to feel whatever those emotions are more easily and more readily. So that, uh, for example, if you have trapped emotions uh, of anger, you're going to have a shorter fuse than you otherwise would, right? And if you have trapped emotions of depression, then it's going to be easier for you to fall into that feeling. And so what's happening now with this pandemic is that 
so many people now are right on the edge or getting pushed over the edge uh, into these intense emotions. But the reason why is because their glass is already mostly full with the emotional baggage that they've already been dragging around in their life, see? Wow. So, so how, how do you work? Is it is it like a blend of kinesiology and energy work or, cause I feel like there's a muscle testing end of it. So there is some kinesiology in there. Um, well, there is, yeah, that's a great question. So here's what we believe. Um, we all have this conscious mind, which is where we spend all of our waking hours, but then we have a subconscious mind and that's the part of us. That's really the intelligent part that's digesting our food and keeping our body working in every way and keeping our cells dividing and so on. That part of us, the subconscious mind, uh, remembers everything we've ever done and uh, every face you've ever seen in the crowd, everything you've ever eaten or tasted or touched or smelled is all in there in the subconscious mind. So what we can do is we can tap into the subconscious mind through muscle testing, which is just a a simple form of biofeedback. So the way that it works is um, you ask questions And then the body responds through strong muscles or slightly weakened muscles. And um, so, so for example, if I were working on myself right now, um, there are a number of different methods of muscle testing that we teach. But for example, this one's called the ring in ring method where you make a ring inside a ring. And the body will be strong if the answer coming from the subconscious mind is affirmative, is yes. But the body will be a little bit weaker if the answer coming from the subconscious mind is negative or, or no. Mm-hmm. And so when we ask questions, we can pick up those yeses or nos on a simple form of muscle testing. So that's how we do it. We have a series of questions that we ask and uh, we have a chart. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, dot com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. The emotions that we use, there's 60 emotions in the chart and uh, it's divided up into two columns and six rows. And it's a really rapid process to find and remove a trapped emotion. Most people can do, uh, can find and release a trapped emotion in about a minute once mm-hmm. they know how to do it. So I've had a hard time believing muscle testing and I, and I know, I know I, I believe in it, but sometimes I'm like, if they're pushing, I'm like, did they push harder this time? Did they push lighter this time? Like I, that is the part where I, I have a little difficulty. Um, how do you know if, if the practitioner is honestly pushing pr- the same way each time. Does that make sense? Well, um, muscle te- there, there's a certain amount of subjectivity to muscle testing, and it's a little bit of an art. 
and it takes uh, it takes a little bit of practice. And it's important to not have any kind of agenda when you're doing muscle testing, because the subconscious mind can respond um, to that agenda. And so muscle testing is not 100% accurate. However, um, it's accurate enough that uh, that we use it and we get great results all over the world. So it's just one of those things. Uh, really, the ultimate way to do muscle testing, I believe now, is to learn how to muscle test yourself and get those answers on yourself. And um, it's funny that little kids can pick this up so quickly. Yeah. As adults, it takes us a little bit longer. Is it because we're jaded? I think we've, um, I think so. Yeah. I think kids haven't learned that they shouldn't be able to do certain things so easily. Yeah. Um, I wonder, so once you find the answer to Mm -hmm. where the emotion is, how do you remove it? Well, what we do is we use uh, one of the meridians in the body. And the, the meridians are these little rivers of energy that flow all, the, all over the body. The one that we use is called the governing meridian. Starts at the tailbone and goes straight up the back, over the top of the head, to the inside of the upper lip. And when we're releasing a trapped emotion on ourselves, for example, you can just take a magnet or your hand, uh, either one, and you just swipe a few times over that meridian. And... Uh, Three times is all, all it takes to release an emotion. If the emotion, however, was what we call an inherited trapped emotion, which we all have, by the way, we all, I think, have uh, inherited some emotional energies from our ancestors. And science yeah. is now finding out about this too, just recently. But um, it takes 10 swipes, we find, to release one of those. Because um, in, in the case of inherited emotions, you're not only releasing those inherited emotions from you, but you're also releasing them from your mom or your dad, whoever you got it from, but also maybe from their mom or their dad, because they might've inherited it from them. And these can sometimes go back for 10 or 20 generations. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, I, I, I've definitely like studied a little bit of that too. Um, Steven, I know you have a question. You can jump in. I'm just curious. Um, you say that like three swipes with a magnet or 10 swipes with a magnet, like how do you how have you developed this kind of standardization for that's when it's taken away? And how, how can you look at something and say, okay, it's there and then do this. Okay. Now it's not there. Right. Well, right. Great question, Stephen. Well, when I was in practice, um, I specialized really in asking people's uh, subconscious minds what they really needed. And the reality of it is, you know, we each have a subconscious mind. And that subconscious mind, uh, I came to find, has, has a list in there of the things that need to be done for us to maximize our health and longevity and so on. So what I did for when I, when I was developing this, what I would do is I would just simply ask clients, ask patients, uh, subconscious minds, how many times do I need to swipe to remove this? And so after a number of years, the answer being consistent across ages and uh, and so on and sexes and so on no difference it was three or ten if it's inherited i decided okay it's good enough for me that's what everybody's subconscious mind wants i just work here is is that what they said or is that what you found through muscle testing that's what that's what that's the answer that would come back through uh through muscle testing uh, mm-hmm, right um i wonder dr nelson if you can share uh, there were so many incredible examples that i got so sucked into in the book of people who came to you and um, had various pains or illnesses and 
I want you to share some of those examples and what the root cause was so that they can understand um, in that way. Oh, sure. Well, um, you know, one of the stories that is actually not in the book, but, um, but that I think illustrates this really well. There was a man that came in to see me many years ago who uh, had really severe low back discomfort. It was a nine on a zero to 10 scale. And um, so it had been going on for a while and I tested him. And the first thing that came up on the testing, asking his subconscious mind uh, what he needed was that he had a trapped emotion and the trapped emotion was anger. And so you can ask questions and you sometimes need to dig a little bit to find out what the answer is uh, or to get all the information you need. And this trapped emotion had occurred 20 years before. And uh, he immediately remembered what had happened. It was a work situation. He was really angry. And uh, so I released the trapped emotion and the low back discomfort was gone. I mean, it was a nine. It had been going on for weeks and suddenly, boom, zero. And we see this kind of thing. It happens all the time. But um, he kept bending over and exclaiming and uh, twisting this way. And that way, he couldn't believe it. It was like a miracle to him. And I was grateful that it worked so well. Just in well, one visit. Yeah, one shot. And sometimes that happens. Does it and come so back sometimes? Well, here's the thing, okay? The interesting thing about this is now... Think about what was going on with this guy. He had this trapped emotion. 20 years before, he's really angry. His whole being is, uh, on a quantum level, is vibrating with this frequency of anger. It's so powerful and so huge. His body can't process it. And so, boom, part of it gets stuck. And there's this ball of energy now, uh, literally a ball of anger in his low back. So when I released it, suddenly that distorting force that had been there for 20 years is gone. And now that area can breathe and things feel normal and the discomfort is gone instantly. So yeah, now they have flow. What's that? And now they have flow, right? Exactly. Things are flowing like they're supposed to be. It's all energy. This is the future. We are beings of energy, whether we want to believe it or not. It's just reality. Well, so a couple of days later, though, this guy came back into my office and here's what he said. He said, you know, my back, my, my back pain is still gone. He said, I still can't really believe it. But he said... When I came in here, I had another problem that I didn't tell you about. He said, for as long as I can remember, I've been what you would call a rageaholic. He said, I'm always yelling at my wife and my kids. I got to watch the road rage. Uh, I've been to anger management several times. Hasn't really helped me. But he said, since you released that trapped emotion of anger for me, I feel really different. He said, I just feel kind of peaceful and kind of relaxed and things aren't setting me off like they usually do. He said, how does that work? And at the time I said, I don't know, uh, but here's what we believe, okay? When we remove a trapped emotion, and think about this guy. He's got this ball of anger in his back, mm -hmm. right? 20 years. When a situation comes along where he might tend to feel that emotion, he will feel that emotion much more easily, much more readily than he otherwise would. Why? Because literally part of his body is feeling that emotion 24-7. And so- Well, yeah, the pain is the reminder too. Well, even if he didn't have pain, yeah. See? even if you didn't have pain, because a lot of the time um, trapped emotions are there. We all have these and we're not all in pain all the time, but they do influence us and they cause us to feel emotions <clears throat> and travel down emotional roads that we, that we might not, not otherwise choose. So. Yeah. Um, that's the thing I find so fascinating, like is, is hearing that even just with one session, it can be released. And I've done energy work and have had things released in one session. And I said the same thing. I'm like, 
how? I don't even believe this. And every day I didn't believe it more and more and more. And then I finally was like, holy shit, this actually really works. And the results are long lasting. Um, so, you know, I, I, I like hearing the examples because it gives people kind of, um, an idea of what you are servicing in those in different areas. So whether it's, you know, the back pain that's connected to anger, do you have another example maybe to share with people so that they, um, can maybe see themselves in it? Well, yes, absolutely. See, trapped emotions don't just cause physical discomfort. Um, they also can cause all kinds of other mental and emotional discomforts or issues. Um, one of my favorite stories is a, uh, uh, a woman, uh, a woman told me this story that uh, was, came to one of our events and she said that she bought the emotion code in the book on audio and started reading it and listening to it. And her son started reading it and listening to it. And she didn't pay too much attention. And a couple of weeks later, the phone rings and, uh, this woman uh, who is calling identifies herself as the mother of one of her son's friends. And she says, listen, as a first time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. <laughs> Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. She said, um, your son's been doing this emotional thing with other boys. And she said, I haven't paid much attention, but she said, I have to tell you something. She said, my wife or my son, she said, has a severe phobia of water. And she said, we've tried everything to fix it, taking him to everybody we can. Nobody's ever been able to touch this. And, uh, you know, you can have a phobia to anything and get a phobia to water. She said, uh, it's been really disruptive to his life and to our life as a family, but um, we've just been living with this. She said, right now, I'm at the community pool. She said, my son is out playing in the water with the other boys for the first time in his whole life. And she said, your son did this. How is this even possible? What in the world is he doing? And those two boys are only 11 years old, see? So we don't know any details, how much emotional baggage was removed. It could have been one emotion. Usually phobias will be, uh, in my experience, usually caused by just one or two trapped emotions, sometimes three, but usually that's about it. Is it usually trauma-backed? Well, it, when you have a phobia, there's often some kind of a trauma-related or some kind of a terrifying incident. Um, I remember once there was a woman that I worked on who had a, uh, she had a, a really interesting phobia. It was a phobia of airplane pictures. So, you know, you can have a phobia literally to anything. And she was fine, but if she saw a picture of, a, of an airliner um, in a magazine or newspaper, she would immediately go into a full-blown, huge panic attack. We found what happened um, after testing her. There was she had a trapped emotion, and I think it was terror or panic. I can't remember now. But what happened was uh, what created it. She was reading a magazine article. She was actually flying on a plane, reading an article, 
about a plane crash, um, as I recall, which is probably not a very good thing to do, but she was reading about this and identifying with all the people and you know mm. going down this plane and she developed this emotion um, of whatever it was, it, that emotional energy became trapped in her body. And from then on, that was the trigger. Anytime she would see an airplane in a picture, um, she'd have a phobia. Wow. Or a phobia, you know, an attack. So you never know. Yeah, she was probably very empathic to be able to put herself in that scenario to feel those feelings enough to have it impact her. Yeah, yeah very, very, very likely. Um, there was another case that was really interesting. Um, I was speaking at an event once where a, uh, I asked for a volunteer and a young woman came up out of the audience. She was about 20 years old. And uh, I started doing some testing on her, asking questions, using muscle testing. So she was holding her arm out and I'm asking questions and getting yes or no answers. Her arm staying strong for yes and then dropping for no. And I asked if she had a trapped emotion that we needed to release. The answer was yes. And so I started tracing it back. It occurred earlier than age 10, earlier than age five, and found out it occurred in the first year of her life. So I'm thinking, well, she probably has no idea what this was about. And so, but I asked her, I said, do you have any idea what this was about? And she said, no. Well, at the beginning of this thing, I had happened to meet this young woman and her mother. She came with her mother. So I looked out at the audience, and there was her mother, and she was as white as a sheet, and she had her hands up like this. And I said, hey, do you have any idea what this might be about? And she said, she was really embarrassed, but she said that back then, she used to uh, use cloth diapers. And she accidentally one day pinned her daughter to her diaper, the safety pin. And she didn't know about it until she changed her the next time. Oh, no. Yeah. So several hours, probably, this poor baby is crying, crying. And, you know, her mom must have been really overwhelmed. Um, And she was horrified when she changed her diaper and discovered this. And she had never told her daughter that this had happened because it was just, you know. Yeah, you feel guilty and you feel bad. My mom just confessed something to me um, recently about an injury I had that she was responsible for. She's like, Maria, I have a confession to make. And I'm like, mom, it's okay. Don't worry. (laughs) But yeah, I can see that. So you can, you can do this on someone physically, but you can also do it yourself, like without being in front of somebody, right? Yes. You can do it remotely, but, and we'll get there, but to finish the story really quickly. Yeah. uh, Oh yeah. And she goes back and sits down in the audience and I didn't think any, I kind of forgot about it. About 10 days later, I get an email from this girl's mother. And she said, listen, she said, my daughter didn't tell you, but she's had this problem with her, her, I think it was her right knee and her hip. And they've been bothering her for years now. I think since she was about nine years old, she said, and she said, it's been gradually affecting the way that she walks even, but she didn't tell you that she had this issue because she just lives with it. And she said, from the moment you release that trapped emotion of, for the emotion was forlorn, which is kind of feeling all alone and desolate and sad, all wrapped into one. She said, From the moment you release that trapped emotion of forlorn, that discomfort that she's had in her hip and in her knee is just gone. And she said, I waited 10 days to see if this was some kind of a fluke, but she said, it has not come back. And she's walking completely normally now. And uh, wow. she said, and she also feels this new lightness of being that she's never felt before. So she's telling everybody about this. But yes, this can be done at a distance, just as well as it can be done live and in person. Um, so most of the, the practitioners that we have that have gone through our certification program, like I said, we've got over 6,000 people in 80 countries now. 
And most of them work with other people in other countries, many of whom they'll never actually probably even meet in person, but um, who, many of whom, um, uh, you know, who's, many of whose lives will be changed. Wow. <clears throat> I'm still dying over that story because I just got so wrapped up in the fact that something did happen to her before one years old. I didn't think of, oh, wow, then you released it and then you found out what she was dealing with because... I feel like we all have different pains that we just kind of live with and we just, they're just natural to us. And probably what happens is they progress. Like she could have gone to a place where they probably thought maybe she needed a hip replacement 10 years down the line. Right. Very likely. Very likely. So, um, and there was a quote in your book, I think it was Thomas Edison. That was like the future of doctors. Yeah. The future of medicine, uh, the future doctors of the future, I believe. Yeah. Didn't know medicine, but will interest their patients in, uh, uh, the human frame and the causes of disease and so on. I, I used to have that memorized. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting because, you know, when I'm helping people through their cancer journeys, I'm trying to marry the best of West and the best of East. First of all, you know, I think we're, we're better together. Um, and I've watched that work with my mom. But, you know, if you're going to you know, my theory is if you're going to barrage a system that's already taxed and sick with chemo and all these things, we better optimize the immune system so that it can handle it. And that's where I've seen huge success with my mom, <clears throat> but the emotional parts of it too, we've handled a lot of that. Um, and I feel like, um, I feel like, you know, Hippocrates said, let food be thy medicine. Like we have to really look at what we're eating. Absolutely. And, and so I do see what he was saying in that quote, like doctors of the future are going to be probably going back to where we had started initially, where it was a little bit more natural. Obviously, we have advancements in medicine that we can't ignore, and why would we want to ignore it? But there's a way to do it. And I thought that was a really cool, really cool quote in there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh the doctor of the future will give no medicine will interest his patients in the cause um, and the cause and, and oh, I'm sorry. I thought I had it. Yeah. Anyway, but somebody here could be looking it up for us. That would be really helpful guys. <laughs> you see us drowning, help us throw us a life preserver, find the Thomas Edison doctor quote. But for the, for the interest of the audience, it was funny. Cause Jeff said to me, he's like, he can do this over the, you know, over the Zoom with you. And at first I had this guttural reaction to like, oh, do I really want to do this? Do I really want to feel bad or he have an emotional experience or whatever? And I was scared. And then I was like, wait, why would I be scared? I do this all the time. And I do think it would be a great exercise for people to see yeah. um, how you how you do this. So I'm 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 going to put myself out there as the guinea pig. And whatever we see, we see, whatever we do, we do. I'm open. And, um, and obviously it's, it's such a great gift to be able to do it anyhow. Um, and so thank you for that in advance. So let's. Absolutely. So first of all, let me ask you, do you have, are you feeling any kind of physical symptoms anywhere at all? Um, I'm usually, I'm having, I'm always having pain, like in this kind of clavicle area, it's okay. connected to like, I always have like my neck goes out a lot. All right. Um, and then, you know, various facial are you, pains. Are you feeling that right now? Um, no, my neck's definitely a little not right. Okay. 
So as far as your neck goes, uh, how would you, I'm just going to make some notes here. How would you rate the discomfort level of your neck then? Zero to 10. Right now it's like a three, maybe four. Okay. Not bad. Okay. Sounds good. And that's been going on. That's kind of typical. It's kind of always there. Yeah. It's usually when it's bad, it's bad. Um, but it hasn't been bad for, I was adjusted maybe three weeks ago or something. And so it, I've been able to kind of use a new pillow and I've been sleeping a little better and that's been helping. Okay. Well, of course, uh, you know, I've been a chiropractor for 32 years, right? Retired for 16. But what I found in practice was that the vast majority of the time when someone has a misaligned bone somewhere, there's usually some emotional baggage that's actually the, the deeper underlying cause. And that's one of the reasons why um, in my practice, you know, bones, I would realign someone's bone, their vertebrae somewhere, and it would go back out of alignment again. And mm -hmm. I was always trying to figure out, you know, why does this happen? Why can't I just realign things? And why don't things stay put? Yeah. This is one of the reasons. So here we go. Let's, uh, let me show you how this works. Okay. What we like to do, first of all, because we really believe that this, um, this, this methodology came from up above. And so we like to just take a moment and ask for some help from up above. It's just a momentary pause. Okay. So we'll do that first. All right, and now let's see. I'm gonna be using the ring and ring method. Looks like this. And I'll be asking questions. And uh, we're actually asking questions of your subconscious mind. And the connection, you see the human body has this amazing ability built right into it to set aside its own needs to act on behalf of someone else. And we call this working by proxy. So distance healing is done all over the world and has been done you know, basically since forever. But uh, what you'll see here is that when I ask questions, I'm going to be testing myself here to see what kind of response I get. And if the answer coming from your subconscious mind to mine is yes, my body will be strong and the rings will stay together. If the answer coming from your subconscious mind to mine is no, my body will weaken just a little bit and you'll see the rings break apart. Okay. So that's how we get yeses and nos. So here we go. You ready? I'm ready. All right. So, um, oh, and by the way, I'll be using this chart. Looks like this. It's a chart of emotions. And uh, there's 60 emotions on here, divided up into two columns and rows, all right? Okay. So uh, anyway, you can Google the emotion code chart and you'll find zillions of these. So um, here we go. Let's ask, um, do you have a trapped emotion? Well, first of all, let's ask, can I act as proxy for you? Yes. I get a, so that means we're connected. Yes. So uh, to, the, to the point, in fact, that if I, normally if I were to say my name is Brad, that would be true and my muscles would be strong. But right now, if I say my name is Brad, I get a no, because temporarily my subconscious mind has set aside its own needs to act fully on your behalf. So if I say my name is Maria, I get a yes temporarily. We'll break the connection when we're done. So cool. no worries. My heart is palpitating. I have so much anxiety. Just FYI. <laughs> You're going to be fine. I don't know why. So, well, there's probably some emotional baggage that's about to be released and it's it's what's maybe making you feel that. I don't know. Let's see. So um, let's ask this question. Do you have a trapped emotion we can release that's contributing to this neck discomfort? And the answer comes back from your subconscious mind, and the answer is yes. Okay, great. So now all we do is we go to the chart, and we ask which column it's in. So is, it, is this emotion in column A, and your subconscious mind says no. So that means it's in column, column B. We just el eliminated 30 emotions out of 60. So is this emotion then in one of the odd rows in column B, dividing it in half? And the answer is no. So it's in an even row in column B. We have uh, 15 emotions left out of 60. Okay. And so 
We know it's in uh, either in row two, four, or six in column B. Is it in row two in column B? No. Is it in row four in column B? No. Uh, it, so it's in row six, column B. So we've narrowed it down to this little cell right here. The emotion is either pride, shame, shock, unworthy, or worthless. Let's see which one it is. Is the emotion pride? No. Is it shame? No. Is it shock? No. Is it unworthy? No. How about worthless? No, it isn't any of those. Now, here's what happens, okay? I mentioned inherited trapped emotions a little bit earlier, right? And when we're taken to a column and a row and we can't identify the emotion, that's how the subconscious mind guides us to inherited emotions. Whoa. So we're the column and the row and we're pretty close, but not exactly right because your subconscious mind wants us to know this was inherited. Is that true? Yeah. So here we go. So I'm just going to make a quick note here. This is an inherited trapped emotion. And what emotion is it? Is it inherited pride? Nope. Is it inherited shame or shock or unworthy? It's an inherited emotion of unworthy. Okay. So don't worry. This is not your fault. You got this from somebody else. Where'd you get it from? Did you get it from your mom? No, this came from your, from your dad. Okay. And did he get this from somebody earlier? Uh -huh. So when he was conceived, he got this from one of his parents, from his mom, from his dad. Okay. So did he, in other words, your grandfather, did he get it from somebody earlier? Yeah. Okay. So how far back does Whoa, this thing go? Oh, damn. Does it go back 10 generations? It does. Does it go back 20? No. 15, 14? It goes back 14 generations. So if we say 14 generations, times roughly 25 and a half years is the latest number that we're using to figure out these generations comes out to about 357 years minus 2020 comes out to about 1663 so and did this begin uh did this originate with a male no it originated with a female okay so um all right cool now maria do you have any kids no canine okay. kids Oh yeah. Okay. Those don't count. Um, because if you had kids, what happens is sometimes you may continue this and pass this down. Yeah. And we can usually clear this from everybody just in one shot because in quantum physics, there are some really, well, quantum physics itself, itself is really weird, but there are principles like action at a distance and entanglement and so on. And basically what we're looking at here is an antique. This is an antique emotion that started somewhere back in the 1600s, probably, give or take, you know, 1663, give or take 20 or 30 years. But um, that female, that grandmother of yours, had something happen where she felt this tremendous emotion, apparently, of unworthy. So powerful that that energy got stuck in her body. But also, when she conceived a child, her subconscious mind, because it's on its own program, it decided, okay, we should share this energy because... That was really significant in our life. Now, scientists are finding that um, animals, if they have some traumatic experience, they will somehow share that memory up to 14 generations down the line. And uh, so this is really what's going on. It's, it's, it's all energy. So uh, do we need to know anything else about this? Not really. So let's release it. Now, this is an underlying cause of your neck discomfort. No right? way. Yes, that's what your body... See, here's the thing. Oh, what yeah, I forgot we started with that. That's where we're trying to figure out. <laughs> see, that's, that's where we're going. See, what you have to understand is that these bodies of ours are talking all the time. They're talking to us all the time. Mm -hmm. through the symptoms that we experience, right? 
And those symptoms need to be the, the opening of, uh, of a dialogue, really. But usually we just suppress them or we just ignore them or we do, try to alleviate them somehow. Really, they're the body trying to tell us, hey, I got a problem. So here we go. We're going to release this. Yes, so we do 10 swipes. <laughs> Eight and nine and 10. ten. So now I'm acting as proxy for you. So I'm connected to you. So you don't need to really do anything. So all you need to do now, let's ask, did we release that? Now watch this. We, I get a yes. Did we release this also from your father? Yep. And from his father? Yep. Did it also release from all of those ancestors all the way back? And it did. So what I'd like you to do now is just, you know, roll your shoulders a little bit, you know, roll your neck around a little bit and let's see how it feels now compared to how it was feeling before. Feels good. I still feel a little stiff in here. A little stiff? Okay. Yeah. I think the other thing that I've always thought is because of the tumor I have, it pushes on the brain stem. So I figured that that interrupts a flow and that's why it's always going out too. But um, I forgot to mention that at the top, but um yeah. Well, um, you know, see, what I've come to understand is that uh, when we develop some kind of a named disease, we you know, every disease really is just a set of symptoms that's been given a name. Yeah. And uh, when we have these symptoms, whether they're mental or emotional or physical, uh, the symptoms aren't the problem. For example, if you're diagnosed with cancer, that's really, to me, that's not the problem. The cancer is just the symptom. That's just your body's way of expressing that there's something else deeper that really is, uh, is where things need to be looked at, mm -hmm. right? And that, that's how I worked with my patients over all those years. So um, anyway, do you want to do one more? Yeah, sure. So here's the only thing before you get there. The other thing that I wanted to ask is, I have found when I've done energy work, I don't realize the result till probably the next day. Well, yeah, and that happens too. Yeah, sure. so like I feel like, by the way, if this heals, my life will change forever because it's definitely been a very big issue the last few years. Um, and the unworthiness is interesting because I think that's been a battle I've had in my life where I've always had to prove myself worth but it didn't feel organic to me, which makes so much sense because I've always had self-worth. And then what happened is, as I got into these different situations where people made me feel like I had to prove it, then I think I went into that kind of cycle, if that makes any sense. Right. Sure. Well, think about this. Um, that was, that was a very, very old energy mm -hmm. in some years that, um, that you were carrying and you had this You've had this one all, all of your life. Sometimes my suspicion is, first of all, that when a trapped emotion is passed down this many generations, it had to be really powerful to begin with. Yeah. And usually these things will kind of lose steam over two or three generations and just go away. But, um, but the other thing is that uh, I, I think, and I'm not, I don't know about this if this is true, but I think that sometimes when we reach the age of the person uh, that the, the person was who passed this to us, when we reach that, it tends to flare a little more into, uh, into significance. No way to really know That's that. That's interesting. But, yeah. Okay, so cool. Let's, uh, let's do another one. Okay. So same question. Um, give a track to motion we can release that's, uh, that's contributing to this neck discomfort. The answer is yes. 
So is the emotion in column A on our chart? No, it's in column B. Is it in one of the odd rows in column B? Yes. Is it in row one in column B? Yeah. Okay. So here we go. So, so even right though we there. asked these questions earlier, what? even though we asked these questions earlier, it can give a new result now? Oh, yeah. This is a new result. Yeah. This is a new trapped emotion. Your subconscious mind is so vastly uh, underrated. It's so incredibly intelligent. I mean, um, so does it go to the most powerful one first? Is that why it took us to the other one? Maybe. I mean, it depends. Um, right now we're just asking, is there another emotion here that's contributing to this? Okay. And your subconscious mind is saying, well, yeah, in the first case, yeah, here's this emotion of unworthy, get rid of this. That was probably, you know, pretty major, but let's see what this one is. I don't know. So this is either effort unreceived, heartache, insecurity over joy or vulnerability. Let's see which one it is. So is this one effort unreceived? No. Okay. Is it heartache? Bingo. Heartache. Oh, so, let's see what this is about. Um, if we need to, now we may not need to dig any deeper with the emotion code. We totally rely on the subconscious mind. And so we'll ask right now, do we need to know more about this? And in this case, your body says, yeah, your subconscious mind says, yeah, we need to dig a little deeper before I'm going to let this thing go. Okay. So let's find out what age you were. So can, can I ask how old you are right now? 41. 41. Okay. So uh, let's see here. Okay. Did this occur earlier than age 20? Yes. Did this occur earlier than age 10? Yes. Did it occur earlier than age five? No. So around age six, maybe seven or eight or nine. So around age nine, something happened that created heartache for you. You may not be able to remember. You may have been eight or maybe 10 because these are accurate within about a year, give or take mm -hmm. when we go back this far. But does anything pop into your head that might have created this? Eight and if nothing ten. comes to mind, it's okay. The subconscious yeah. remembers it all. So um, about 70% of the time when we find something like this and a person doesn't remember, yeah. it'll pop into their head a day or so later. And usually when they're doing something totally mindless like the dishes. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I can think of that would correlate to heartache at that point is I think around then my grandmother, who I had never met, died, I believe, um, that my dad's mom, because I remember being in the basement and my dad hysterically crying, and she was in Greece, and he wouldn't be able to get to her. And I remember that being something emotional, but I never had met her, so I don't know. Yeah. Okay, well, let, let's. we're going to find out here. Let's ask, do we need to know anything else about this? And your subconscious mind is saying yes. Now, the next thing that we usually have to find out about a trapped emotion is if it was absorbed from somebody else. And so that's likely what happened here. Let's ask, did you absorb this? You did. So if someone else is feeling an intense emotion, they're radiating this energy, this frequency. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it can get stuck in your body. And so let's ask about this. Um, did you absorb this from, was this from your dad? You absorbed this? And was it about that, what you described? Yeah. Okay. So this was absorbed from your father. Okay. So uh, do we need to know anything else about this? And now the subconscious mind says no. So that's one of the great things that uh, with the emotion code is that we're talking directly to the subconscious. So it's really, really fast. Uh, let's release this. We don't need to know anymore. And let's see how much of your neck discomfort this was causing because you've had this for quite a while. Did we release that trapped emotion uh, of heartache? Yeah, we did. Okay. Now go ahead and move around a little bit in your chair and let's see how that's feeling now. Great. How it was feeling before. 
I mean, it still feels the same. I wish it didn't. Oh, well, that's okay. Sometimes changes take place right away. Yeah. And then sometimes, you know, they take place over a little bit of time. But uh, I think you're going to notice a shift with this. I really do. Um, so, so you, you mentioned that you've got some kind of a tumor going mm-hmm. on. Yeah. I have a brain tumor. You've got a brain tumor. Mm-hmm. Do you want to ask if there's anything emotional related to that? Yes. Why not? Right. So let's ask about that. Um, is there, uh, do you have a, do you have a, a trapped emotion that we can release that is related to that? Um, and that tumor that's again, that's just a symptom is how I look at it. Is there a trapped emotion related to that? Yeah, there is. And so, uh, is that emotion in column a? Yep. Column a. So is it in one of the odd rows? Uh-huh. Is it in row one? Yep. So column a row one. So we're right here on the chart. Now, understand, I'm not saying that by releasing a trapped emotion, you know, we're curing your brain tumor or anything like that. All we're doing is removing emotional baggage um, so that your body can be better positioned to heal itself because the body is what heals itself. Yeah. So is this emotion abandonment? No. Is it betrayal? No. Um, Is it forlorn or lost or love unreceived? No, it isn't any of those. So there is an inherited trapped emotion here connected to this thing. Hmm. Is abandonment, is that what it is? Uh, no. Is it betrayal? No. Is it forlorn or lost? Lost? The emotion is lost. Like now, lost, L-O-S-T? L-O-S-T, yeah. Usually this emotion comes about not from being physically lost, but from feeling emotionally lost in some way. It often happens when... Um, you know, when, when our, our partner maybe goes away or dies or something, and we just don't know what to do, we feel lost. It's that feeling of lost. Uh, where'd you get this from? Did you get this from your mom? No, this came from your father. So at conception, you receive this energy from him. Did he get this from somebody earlier? Yes. From his father? No, from his mother. And did she get this from somebody earlier? Uh-huh. From mother, from father. So does this go back even further? Yeah. How many generations? Uh, 10? Yeah. 20, 20. This is a really old one. Let's go back 25 generations, 24, 23, 22, 21, 21 generations, which if we calculate that, uh, 21 generations times 25.5 comes out to 535 years minus 2020 comes out to about 1484, 1484 AD. Okay. So, is there anything else we need to know about this? No. Fine. Let's release it. Here we go. Yes. <laughs> I want to be released of all of this. Yeah. Well, and you know, the beautiful thing about the emotion code is that when we find inherited emotions like this and we release them, we're not just setting, in this case, you free. We're also, in a sense, freeing them. Mm-hmm. We're, we're removing that baggage from them, you know, how whatever you believe or however... Uh, you know, whatever form they're in, I believe that people live on as spirits. And uh, I think we're all eternal. So did we release that? We did. Okay. So uh, did it also release from your father uh-huh, and his mother? Yeah. And her father? Yeah. From uh, and all those generations all the way 21 generations back? Yeah. So if you think about it, how many people could trace their ancestry, you know, to that? Uh, was it a male? Was, it, this started with a female also. How many people could trace their ancestry back to that grandmother 
in you know 1484 well probably a lot of people and mm -hmm. because of the, the principles of quantum physics we release that energy not only from you but also the straight line but also whoever you know is fanning off to the side you know anybody that's like distant cousins and so on clear from them too so uh why don't you try moving around a little bit now let's see how things feel it's feeling a little better actually yeah yeah it's definitely better than it was the last time definitely better than it was the last time all right yeah you want to do one more for the road <laughs> sure <laughs> yeah i've got time whatever so um uh, so again, let's let's focus on this issue in the brain and let's ask, is there another trapped emotion we can release that's contributing to that problem? Yes. And so what emotion is that? Is it listed in column A? No. So it's in B. Is it in one of the odd rows? Yes. Is it in row one? No. Row three? No. Row five? So we're in column B, row five. So one of the beautiful things about the emotion code C is that we can find these emotions so quickly. Um, there's no other method that's, as, you know, that's, I think that's anywhere as, as close to being this fast. So here we go. This emotion, what is it? Is it conflict? No. Is it creative insecurity? No. Is it terror? Bingo. Terror. So terror, an emotion of terror. This is not inherited. This is from your life. Mm -hmm. When did this happen? Did this occur earlier than age 20? Yes. Earlier than 10? No. Between 10 to 15? No. Around 16, 17, 18, around 19, 20. Around age 20, you might have been 19, maybe 21. Something scary happened, apparently. Um, so around age 20, does anything come to mind there? Um, yes. Yeah, there was a lot of um, emotional trauma um, and physical trauma. Okay. All right. So um, do we need to know anything else about this? No. Okay. Uh, so... Let's go ahead and release it. Crazy. Okay. Yeah. Okay, let's ask, did we release that uh, emotion of terror from around age 20? Yeah, we did. Okay, cool. So, yeah, roll your neck around a little bit. Let's see how things are feeling now. <clears throat> yeah, it's getting better. Yeah, cool. So it's about a three. How would you rate it now? Probably a two because there's like a little tinge in here. Yeah. But it's going away. It is going away, which is interesting. You want to do one more? <laughs> okay, let's go. Why not? Why okay. not is right. Why not? Okay. If I'm getting better, let's make it happen. I feel like I'm going to like be superwoman after this. I'm going to be able to go to the moon because I'm going to be free of so many things. Well, you know, that's the beauty of the emotion code is that we've all got this invisible baggage. And, and some of it, like we've seen here with you, we found a couple of things that were inherited. We didn't even know about that baggage, mm -hmm. but you know, our ancestors probably all went through hard stuff, hard things. And some of them went through really brutal, really difficult things like the Holocaust or, uh, you know, the pogroms or slavery or who knows. So let's ask, um, and again, we're, what we're kind of focusing on right now is we're, we're asking about the, the, the tumor. So is there another trapped emotion uh, that's associated with that that we can release? And there is. So what emotion is it? Is it listed in column A? No, it's in column B in one of the odd rows. Yep, in row one. Column B, row one. So is it effort unreceived? No. Is it heartache? Yeah, this is another emotion of heartache. So you have two of these. So um, do we need to know more about this? We do. Did this occur earlier than age 20? Yes. Earlier than 10? No. 
between 10 to 15, around 16, 17, this is from age 17. Age 17, maybe 16, maybe 18. Like I said, it's you know, accurate within about a year, give or take. But did, does that ring any kind of a bell, heartache? Um, my cousin was killed in a car crash when I was 15. Okay, well, it, it, it could be that because these can go back sometimes yeah. too. Well, that Unless also I... lasted. <laughs> that pain just grew, I think. So let's ask about that. Was was this about your cousin? Yeah, it definitely was. Sometimes what will happen too is that um, when something happens, uh, we might develop a trapped emotion about it then. But sometimes if, in a case like that where the pain continues, sometimes you can develop a trapped emotion about it later mm -hmm. because you know, you're really thinking about how much you miss that person and so on. Do we need to know more about this? No. Okay. So let's release it. Here we go. One, two, three. Here we go. And we release that trapped emotion heartache. Yep. Okay. Move your neck around now. I'll see how that feels. Getting more mobility. <laughs> mobility is good. Yeah. All right. Cool. I think we should do another one. You got time? Yeah. Sure. Right. I mean, I feel like I'm a head case now, but yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Are you guys bored? Or are you still interested? fascinated it's so interesting okay all right let's go See, typically in an emotion code session a practitioner will remove anywhere from maybe five to ten trapped emotions oh okay so it is normal yeah oh it's normal yeah and typically what will happen is you'll get to maybe five or ten emotions and the subconscious mind will usually just kind of say okay i'm done i gotta process this now give me a day or two and then i'll see you later got it so uh so here we go let's ask um, do you have another trapped emotion that's contributing to these issues, either this, the, the tumor or the neck issues? Is, is there some other emotion? Yes. And is it in column A? Uh-huh. Is it in one of the odd rows? Yep. Is it in row one? No. Row three? No. Row, so it's in row five, column A this time. So these are different. These are blaming, dread, fear, horror, or peeved. So let's see what shows up. Uh, is this emotion blaming? No. Is it dread? Is it fear? Is it horror or peeved? No, it's not any of those. So now you're learning how this works, right? Yep, ancestral. Yep, this is, an, this is ancestral. It's an inherited trapped emotion. And so let's see which one it is. Is this inherited? Yep. Is it inherited blaming? No. Is it inherited dread? No. Is it inherited fear? Bingo, that's it. Very strong, inherited fear. Okay, so did you get this from your father? Yep, you got it from your dad. Did he get it from somebody earlier? Yep, from his father, yep. Okay, so we got dad, dad. Does it go back further? Yes. How many generations? 10, yep. 15, no. 14, 13, 12, 11, 10. Goes back 10 generations, exactly. So about 250 years or so. So uh, let's see here. So if we say uh, 10 generations times 25.5 minus 2020, about 1765, give or take. So around the time of the American Revolution. You know, give or take. I don't know how accurate these are. Probably 10 or 20 years either side, maybe 30. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But it gives us a little bit of an idea anyway. So um, did this begin with a male? It did. It started with a male. Okay. And the emotion was fear. In fact, who knows? Maybe this actually could have been from the revolution. Maybe, or who knows? Your, one of your ancestors at some point went through something that was really scary and that got passed down. In the same way, for example, that if, uh, if an elk is at a certain place on the mountain and it's nearly taken down and killed by the wolves, 
but it escapes somehow with its life, if it has offspring, those offspring for you know many generations will not go near that area. How do they know? Well, it's because they have a trapped emotion and this works with animals as well. So let's release this. Uh, do we need to know anything else about it? We don't, let's go ahead and get rid of it. Here we go. So 10 swipes. 10 swipes, here we go. We need to do oh. countdowns. <laughs> All right, there we go. Okay, so let's ask, do we release that inherited trapped emotion of fear? Yeah, did it clear from you and from all those ancestors? Yeah, clear from everybody. So move it around now, let's see how it's feeling. Feels the same. Okay, great. So um, that's fine. So let's uh, let's let's see if there's another one. Can we release another trapped emotion? Or do you have another trapped emotion we can release that's contributing to any of these issues? Right now, I'm getting a no. Okay. So your body is saying, okay, that was enough. Inherited trapped emotions tend to take more bandwidth mm-hmm. from you know <clears throat> the computer system. Yeah. <laughs> so you had what three of those? Um, Heartache, in- fear. You had uh, unworthy from about 1663 from a grandma, heartache from age nine that you absorbed from your dad, uh, and that was his mom that died, right? Yes. And then you had inherited uh, feeling of lost from a grandmother, 1484 roughly, uh, and then terror from age 20, heartache from age 17, and then this last one of fear from about you know, 1765, give or take. Yeah. So anyway, that's, that's essentially how this works. Works at a distance, uh, works on animals. In fact, um, there's a whole chapter in the book on animals. There's a whole chapter in the book on uh, inherited trapped emotions too. The book, of course, looks like this, right? Yeah, so, I haven't gotten to the animals and I'm excited because I'm going to practice it um, on Winnie, who has a lot of anxiety and a lot of fear. And I feel like, um, I feel like I will be able to release her and I'm excited about that. Um, so is Winnie a, a dog or cat or what? She's a dog. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's amazing how well, uh, really amazing how well it works for animals. I mean, there's just nothing else that comes close to this. And that's a great proof of this too, see, because when you're working with an animal, you know, there's no placebo effect that we know of. I mean, the animal either feels better uh, or it doesn't, it, it either stops, you know, pooping in your shoes or it doesn't. Yeah, for sure. I know. I think it'll be really cool to watch. I'm going to, I'm going to try it. Um, Dr. Nelson, thank you so much for taking all of this time to, um, share your work and, and of course, releasing me. I know how my body processes. Um, I have a yeah. feeling that tomorrow I'm going to be emailing you and be like, Oh my God, like I've done in the past. Um, and, uh, and hopefully, you know, we can do another session. We, there's so many things that I want to get to as well. And this is a oh, very yeah. dense book. So, we didn't um, even talk about the heart wall. I know there's so much to cover. So I think we'll have to do another session, but, um, for now, thank you so much. And, uh, if you guys want to know more about Dr. Nelson, you can go to his website, drbradleynelson.com. We'll put that in the link. Uh, in the summary of the show, you can follow him on Twitter at Dr. Bradley Nelson. Um, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on. Have a great day, all of you, and uh, we'll do it again. Awesome. Sounds good. All right, guys. It's so funny how much anxiety I had when we first started, and then it just started to calm down. Um, I know you wanted to jump in, um, Stephen, with your spe- skepticism, but we're so running long right now. I'm I'm. 
I am so angry right now. You're so angry? I am so angry right now. Are you? I am I am physically shaking in the booth right really? now. Really? Yeah. Why? Because it's just I, I, I don't want to get into it. I don't. I can't. I can't. It's just so it's so baffling to me. Like I I just wish that I wish he could like show us like some proof and everything like that. Like that's the thing that's so difficult to me is like we we talk on the show all about how illness is mental and how a lot of things are mental and we do it to ourselves and energy healing and all these different healing things are great tools to cure yourself of that illness that you're that you're mentally straining yourself with. Mm-hmm. But I can understand that and I can go with that, but I can't go with, you know, this way versus the other way and not having a proof that it's what not is this way and the other way. Mean? Well, like Be if specific. you're going to like Reiki versus the, the emotion code, Got right? It. Like you're going to take different energy healing methods and they all kind of lead to the same effect of giving somebody a reason for their pain and eliminating it. it to me, that's the placebo effect. And I, I could buy into this until doing it remotely. I don't know how, how you can get on board with him doing that remotely. It's, it's call and response to yourself. Yeah, I think you have to read the book and then you might have a better understanding. Okay. I I mean I'm open to it. I'm yeah. just I'm very very kind of very skeptical. Yeah. No, I get it. And that's why I also wanted to do it on air so people could see the process. Um and I feel like I feel like you need to read because there actually is science behind it. Um and and there is <clears throat> I've I mean I've done remote EMDR sessions that have been massive game changers for me, and that's a remote healing. Um, And so, I mean, listen, the proof will be in the pudding. I'm going to be very honest with whether I feel anything tomorrow, right? Because I know with my other experiences with energy work, like when Dr. Amaral fixed my tailbone, I didn't really feel it immediately. But by the next day, I was like, oh, my God, the pain is gone. And then the next day, holy shit, the pain is gone. Holy shit, I haven't needed my tailbone adjusted in years since he did that one session with me. And I used to have to get it adjusted all the time. And the same thing with the um, ear being clogged. We unclogged my ear. All of this was energy. And it has not come back. And it was a decade-long problem. So I know how my body processes. We'll see. Like tomorrow if that that tinge is gone. And if that tinge is gone and I feel something different, then great. Then you know um, that it was effective. I I think I just kind of lost it with the, the subconscious bond for Motley with, with him saying we're forming this bond. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Like I know that different strokes for different folks, but I, it's ha, just different strokes for different folks. I love that. Well, I don't listen. know. I'm not winning myself any favors here with the listener base, but no, it's not that. Listen, everybody, this this is us going on a journey to learn all of these different modalities. They're going to be for some people. They're not going to be for some people. And I do think that you know, Dr. Joe Dispenza, who we've had on the show, I think that sometimes there can be a placebo effect. And if you have a placebo effect and it is a positive, then that's great. Whatever it takes to get better. Um, but um, but that's why I like exploring them as in-depth as we get to and giving it the time and the patience because, you know, you get to kind of make your judgment based on what you're going to believe because if you're not going to believe, it's not going to work for you anyway. And we learned that with Joe Dispenza. Um, so I think 
you know, Jeff will get you a copy of the book. I'd be really curious for you to read it and see. Yeah. Stephen's like, I'm not reading it. It, it, Okay. We're going to wrap right now because Jeff didn't unmute himself and he's trying to talk. And someday we'll get that part straight with you guys. Um, In the meantime, thank you guys for joining us. Thank you for being with us. Um, We will be back here tomorrow at 11 a.m. right with you. If um, you haven't... um, Follow us at Maria Menounos, at Jeff Crane Graham, at Stephen Lemieux Photo, at Dr. Bradley Nelson. And remember, be nice people, make good choices, and be present. Bye.